Welcome back to another episode of the Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. Folks, I got another great interview lined up for you today. He is a Christian trauma surgeon, high-level leader, motivational speaker, and a co-host of a radio show. Uh, and he's an uh, author of a book called Saved, One Trauma, uh, One trauma Surgeon's uh, True Accounts of Miracles in His Life. I'm really excited about this guest today, folks, so get ready. Uh, help me welcome Dr. Craig Thayer. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm great, sir. Honored to be here. Well, I appreciate your time today. Uh, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. So um, I was made in Michigan and uh, birthed in California. My natural mother was Catholic and was engaged to my natural father, and well, he wasn't progressing through catechism fast enough, so she called that off and ran to California six months uh, into pregnancy and then had me in Monterey, California, held me for 10 days and the courage she must have had to give me up. There weren't foster homes back then, so I was an orphan. I got adopted after nine months by an Irish Catholic mom, came over when she was 21 from Ireland, and my dad, and they raised me. They were my mom and dad. Um, and that that's just the beginning of the miracles of my life. I mean, I, I could have been not here. Yeah. Uh, and I grew up on Providence Court. So coincidences, luck, those things, I always go, oh. I mean, Einstein would say coincidence is just God trying to remain anonymous. Um, I love that. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, and then just it's pain to purpose for, yeah. for things in my life. So I'm 11 and I'm behind my dad going through the front door of the house. And my sister's behind me and my mom's laying there with her back to us on the floor. Turns out she's drunk. It's the first time we find out she's an alcoholic. She goes to AA and licks it. Um, and then uh, I went to AA meetings with her. I think that was the beginning of me being created an empath so I could understand other people's testimonies. And then just before the end of my junior year, I get a twisted intestine. I go into surgery. They untwist it. Um, I don't finish my junior year, so I didn't get my yearbook handed out to all the my friends to sign. Someone else did it for me, luckily. And then I head off to college, and my mom dies my freshman year from a heart attack. All, my all-male dorm floor says, you know, you won't finish. And I knew, I knew I wanted to go into medicine because before this, in junior year in high school, yeah. I was helping tutor two blind students in geometry. Well, that, they have to see the circles and the squares and the... So I had to think outside of my brain and then trace it for them. I, I learned how they learned. So I knew I liked to help people. And then I took an anatomy physiology class and I go, the human body's incredible. I like working with my hands. So surgery. And I thought, you know, hey, I want to be the cardiovascular chest cutter. And uh, I ruled that out in med school when I did an acting internship. But um, yeah, so um, and then my sophomore year, first first quarter, I'm coming back from a bacteriology class and come around a corner on my bicycle and some girl pulls out in front of me. I was on the wrong side. It's my bad. And uh, I jackknife my front wheel, go straight to the pavement, get up, make sure she's okay, didn't touch her. And the next thing I know, I'm sitting there on the curb with an ambulance in front of me. And I'm like, oh, I knocked myself out. And when I'm in the ambulance, they ask me my phone number. I can't remember it. So and I cut my ear. So they took me to the health center, stitched it up, let me go. I studied for my midterm that night, which is the next day, and I have this fluid coming out of my ear, and I can't hear that well. And I go, I call the health center, and it was some grad student who has no medical knowledge, 
at all. And he's like, well, I don't know if that's normal. Let's make you an appointment for tomorrow. So, <laughs> so, so I came, I came in the next day after the midterm for bacteriology oh my and they x-rayed my head and I got air in my skull. So I have a basal skull fracture and they admit me because I can get meningitis with the, right. you know, your canal directly to the brain. Oh. So I'm in there for two weeks and, and UC Davis is a quarter system. So that's 20% of your, your curriculum. Right. And I'm taking right. organic chem, physics, bio, uh, biochemistry, bacteriology, stats. I think it was 18 units. So like the most I took when I was like, God, what are you doing, man? You're putting me through a trial. Right. And uh, again, this, you know, my friends are like, he'll never make it. You know, he, he just won't complete. Cause if you, and if you get out of series, 128A, 128B, 128C for organic chemistry, then you're 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 going to be a year off. So I wanted to get done in four years. I got it done. And then uh, junior year, my dad uh, is diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Um, one morning he wakes up, he can't get out of bed. It's metastasized to his spine. So I have to pick him up and physically carry him to the hospital. I can't imagine the nurse's face of a 20 year old boy carrying his father who's thin from chemo and radiation uh, in, in his arms. And uh, he was there for a month and then he passed away. And again, people were saying, no, he won't finish. But I came back from my senior year and uh, finished. And then I, I, another <laughs> kind of funny story is just getting into med school. So, um, you know, I had probably 20, 20 schools I applied to. And if you get a thin envelope, that means you're rejected. You know, I could wallpaper a wall with all of them. And then uh, I got one that was thin from UC Davis and I opened it. Congratulations. You've been, you have not been accepted. I'm like, what is this? I was on a wait list. So the funny part of the wait list was summertime. It's getting close to when school would start. I get this call and I thought it was going to be my roommate for me to come pick him up from his uh, summer uh, class. So I answered Craig's taxi service. And it's this lady says, oh, this is uh, so-and-so from UC Davis Med School. Is Craig Thayer there? And I'm like, oh yeah, let me go get him. <laughs> Don't change my voice, just cover the phone. And then I come back, hello. <laughs> and I got in, so that was a miracle. You, you've you gone through so much, Doc. And, it, and it, I, wanna, I wanna back up here. Uh, a minute. There's some things I want. I want to kind of dive into a little bit more. You, you mentioned something about pain to purpose. Can you elaborate on that? Like, what what do you really mean by like from pain to to purpose? What do you mean by that? I think God puts us through trials, and it's scripturally written. You should take joy in those, which is hard when they're painful. But there's a purpose to that. So. My mom passing away taught me how important my my dad was. When my dad passed away, I realized I'm not immortal either. But it gave me, and I would always say this because I was raised Catholic, confirmed, uh, but just never followed. You know, was a believer, but just didn't follow. Right. Until later on in life, and um, it's just uh, these things will be used. I mean, the fact that my grandmother, who was the only one there for all of my adulthood, so she was there for, she was there for high school, graduation, undergrad, med school, and my six-year residency program, and then passed away again. So pain to purpose. She passed away two years ago, uh, 
August 7th of 2021. So um, not quite two years, but, um, and she always wanted me to write this book. She says, you need to write this so people can be motivated and inspired and know. And, and really I couldn't have written it all the way until her passing because of two miracles she left behind. And then um, a friend of mine named Ralph was at the very end of the book. Um, he, he brings hope. So, and, and, and if, you never read the whole book, read that chapter. So it will in this world right now where we're so divided, bring you peace of mind and tranquility and that there's hope. Um, but anyway, yeah, so she just said, you need to do this. And she got to read the rough drafts that were pretty rough and things she didn't know about life and stuff. Um, so I did it for her, but I also did it for myself because I knew I'm feeling a second calling. You know, I clearly... I was given hands and healing and empathy and teaching yeah. right, as gifts. These same gifts, God will put you in a trial like he's done. So moving to Georgia wasn't really smooth. Um, maybe a second book. Um, but he does that to prune me, to shape me, to um, guide me, to make me ready for the next use of my hands, my healing, my empathy, and my teaching. It's kind of funny how God does that, isn't it? Yeah, like you sit yeah. there and, and and you pray, and you ask for something, and and those that have listened to this show long enough, you know, over the years that I've been on, I've shared this maybe less than a handful of times, but there was there was there was a uh, there was a time a period in my life where I remember I'd ask for something, I'd get it, like thinking that that's what I wanted, and I got it, and then realized uh this isn't what I want <laughs> you know take this take this away and I, I I call it the gut feeling at least for for me um I learned later on in life that that gut feeling that you have that was God talking to me and right. and when I, I I look back on my life and I I can remember some very specific times where I I didn't listen to my gut or I didn't listen to God telling me to do something, and but I did it anyway because you know it, I'm young and dumb and 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 that's what I'm going to do because I know everything, right. and yeah. uh, and then you you don't get the results that you think you're going to get and you realize you're not as smart as you think you are, and then you're like, oh, what's this gut thing? Why do I feel like this is God telling me to do something? When, since I started listening to my gut, I've never been steered wrong, and and I'm comfortable saying that because of. Uh, of the relationship, my personal relationship with God, uh, and whatnot. So I, I think it's I think it's very profound what you're saying and and how you've come through everything that you've come through. And and which brings me to my next question: with everything that you've gone through in life, and and the things that you've had to overcome, was there was there ever a time in your journey where you wanted to just give up? No, and I think God blinded me from a lot of reality. So one of those was just interviewing for, for med school. You know, I went to Georgetown to interview. It's the most expensive school in the United States for med school. And and there's a moment when I'm sitting in front of, which I describe in the book, there's a more funny story about it, but it's a it's a come to come to Jesus moment where this financial aid officer asked me, How are you gonna pay for this? And I'm like 
Never thought about that. Hopes and dreams. <laughs> Never, yeah, I, maybe I'll go. Or you know, I'll join. I'll join the military and then I'll pay it back. You know, I just that was my answer yeah. was a scholarship and military. So, but I never thought about it until that point. And I'm like, yeah, my parents are gone, <laughs> and my grand my grandfather died a week before my dad did. So, yeah, crazy. Wow. So I just I never. I love to learn um, such a hunger for knowledge and I love helping people and the, the gift of being able to do that as a surgeon, you know, I, I can't personally, I hate needles personally. I, I hate having my blood drawn. Yeah, I know, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> but I can stick anybody. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. and there was never any queasy moment or I just knew. So, um, during your time, going through the things that you went through as a child, all the way through med school, okay, what was the if there was if there were if you had to choose, I don't know, if you had to choose one thing that kept you going, what was it? I th- I think it's stubbornness. I think it's uh. I like that. You're not going to tell me I'm not going to get this done. Right. Freshman year, my guys on the floor saying. You're not going to finish. No, I'm going to finish. I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to finish. So was it a sense of just sophomore? Was it was it a sense of just proving them wrong that saying that? Yeah, you know what? Tell me, I can't do it. And I'm going to show you. I yeah, can. yeah. I'm going to I'm going to bend over, grab some soil, let it run through my hand, pick up my sword, and battle. I love it. That's a great answer. I love that. Never, never give up. I want to transition a little bit now. We've 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 talked a little bit about the book, and, and I think this is, uh, the book's called Saved. And, right. and folks, if you're if you're listening to the show, you're already online, I will have the, uh, where you can get the book and whatnot, in the show notes uh, below. The book's called Saved. Let's talk about this. What, um, and you, you touched on it a little bit, but let's, let's go over it again and let's talk about what prompted you to write this book and you, you said you wrote it, this and your grand your grandmother if I'm not mistaken I believe you said your grandmother had a, a big part of right. you writing this book yeah, correct yeah. yeah she I would take her to Sacramento Kings games like six to eight a year and we'd go to dinner beforehand and then go to the game and then I'd bring her home and uh she's just like you need you need to do this book so um it's kind of a miracle how it even started. So I was at a Grant Cardone 10X macho, you know, leadership business, not Christian. And these people are telling me you need to get on the stage. I'm like, you don't even know me. (laughs) Right. And so you need to. And so we were at a restaurant that was a blues restaurant and this single guitarist is up there. He walks over and chit chats and invites us to, join them tomorrow night at this bar and at the bar is one of his friends who's writing a book who then says yeah you need to call my editor and she gets hooked up with a you know a, a iphone app called rev that you just dictate into right and then you you can have it printed and given back to you and you can load that in word and then write it better because the way i speak is horrible so a lot of editing and then it also you remind you're reminded of different parts oh i needed to include that but i didn't say it so and then send that off to my editor who was like a coach and and she'd put it on a document that you know there'd be questions in the in the 
like a chat for right. Zoom and uh, something that wasn't clear, especially if it was a procedure that I was describing and um, make it make it better. So but it was still my voice. And then <laughs> then the biggest challenge was doing I just got done with the audible. So it turns out eight years ago, we learned that our youngest son, who's now 15, has dyslexia. And I, I'm reading all the symptoms and I go, that's me. So I've always known I was a slow reader. And like from third grade, that the, this story is in the book of where I'm like in a dark classroom feeling with my underwear around my ankles as I'm trying to read the prompter as, you know, Star Wars long in the land long far ago. Yeah. Um, and I can't keep up and they're slowing it down. So in the next week, I'm in a different third grade class. So, um, yeah, but in every test I've ever taken, I, I count the time and the number of questions and know how many seconds per question. And I worry more about that than I do the questions. Right. It's totally distracting, but I've gotten through, obviously. So so then I, I choose to use the Audible, and I did a Facebook survey of should I? Yes, everybody, 100%. Should I do it? Because um, people like my voice. And I, I was 99.9%. One high school friend of mine, nope. Coyote should do it. So anyway, so I did do it, but it's like, you know, if you have polio and a really shrunk, shrunken leg and you get around just fine, you never think you have a disability or a distraction until someone tells you you need to run. Right. And so here I am with, you know, uh, a slow reading problem, trying to read and, and I'm swearing at whoever wrote this book, which was me. Because <laughs> why did you make such a long sentence? You get about a third of the way and then it's choppy and then you get two thirds of the way and then finally you get through the whole thing and it sounds okay. Yeah, it was rough. I I, I can, this is the part uh, that I told you before we hit the record button that we, where we, we kind of have a lot of similarities. I, I, that happened to me growing up as a kid. I, I'm 45. I still can't read. I, I, I prefer audio books just because I, yeah. I can understand them. Uh, right. I can't sit down and, and and read because I can't comprehend what I'm I'm reading. I have to read it five six times before something actually clicks. Yeah. Um, how long did once you started the book? How long did it take you uh, to finish it? Uh, over a year and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. So I would get busy, you know, or distracted, not make it a priority, and then part of it I think is. I don't know if you've ever read David Goggins' book, but he does an interesting audible where he has like his narrator, yep. editor, ask him questions. But I, I really felt his pain because he talks about wetting his bed and childhood trauma and going back through these experiences is very emotional. Yeah. I want to I want to change it up on you right now. I'm okay. going to th throw a curveball at you here, Doc. <laughs> Don't know whether I should duck or swing. Well, it's <laughs> my arm's not what it used to be, so you should be all right. No, um, you know, we we you mentioned that you grew up Catholic, and and uh, I think it's safe to say that we're that we are believers. Do you do you remember a specific time in your life where uh, you either praying or talking to God or whatnot, and you're just asking a question, and you felt His presence like overwhelmingly presence where it you it paralyzed you um yeah i think uh 
I've said it in the book that it was like my dad's voice, but really, you know, you get these, you pull out of your driveway and you head down the road and suddenly something tells you, oh, I forgot what I was supposed to bring, right? So I, I think that's God's voice just kind of helping you out. So I had packed up my parents' home and uh, was pulling in in a, in a big rider truck that I shouldn't have been able to rent because I wasn't of age. It's 21. You have to be 24, I think. Right. They gave it to me. And I, I got, it's in a court, so it's protected. It's Providence Court, like I said. And then um, I need to turn it around. And I helped my dad a million times with our long trailer and his the Lincoln Continental that had the suicide doors, <laughs> um, which he thought was a sports car. <laughs> big old boats. <laughs> yeah, big old boat, man. It was playing the steering wheel. I think I got to drive it once. It's a little big one. You're like, <laughs> just <to turn> <laughs> you start the engine and yell, clear prop. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I just like, I there's cars parked around. I, I, I don't know how to physically and get the truck around and this voice in my head says look and i just tell my dad where are you and this voice says he's with you always because he taught you his personality you've you've extracted from and taken into your own soul and he's there with you so just do what he would do And I cried. Yeah, that that got got goosebumps on my arms, folks, on that one. Doc, you're on a show called The Decision Hour, and we have to make decisions every day. Name a time in your life where your feet were on the line and you have to make that decision. What is it? And what is the atmosphere like for you at that time? Man, it's funny because I, I things that pop in my head are actually decisions for other people's lives, but then it's for me, right? So the one that comes to my mind is I was in Hawaii for a friend's wedding and a group of us, probably eight of us were body surfing, probably four to six foot waves or so. And it was a pretty good riptide. Um, and there was a kid, probably about 14, 15, that was out there with us. And, you know, if you've ever surfed or body surfed or just floated, it wants to pull you one direction before you know it, you're a quarter mile away from where all your towels and stuff are. And anyway, I, I something, I just heard this weird noise and I looked over and this kid is being sucked into this coral reef and this panic, I'll never forget the look on his face. And I grew up swimming and playing water polo. So I'm comfortable in water, but I also know nature in a second can, I've been kayaking where just the current has taken a aluminum kayak into a, a tree and just bent it around it. And I've been surfing where I've been bent in two backwards. And luckily I was young enough. It didn't, didn't hurt me, but so I knew it was that moment of, uh, this is real. I could die, but I got to go get this kid. And so I pulled a classic water polo maneuver. I, as soon as I got close enough, I reached out my hand. He grabbed it, and I just, like I was playing water polo, pulled that guy as hard as I could towards the beach and, and into shallow, which then pulls me that way. But then I could 
egg beater and kick and, and get away. And I, I did. So we both were fine. But there was that moment of this is real. It could go bad in seconds, but I got to do it. How old were you then? Uh, probably in my early 40s. Wow. That's crazy. Doc, where can people, those that are listening, where where can they find you? Are you on the social medias? I'm on all those, but I think the the quickest reference that has all that stuff in it is just my webpage, which is craigthayer.net. Okay. Craigthayer.net. It has a link to the book. It it will have a link to you at some point. So, um, yeah, and just what's going on in my life. So sometimes I put, you know, stupid reels up on, um, on Instagram and Facebook, especially about making the book. Because it was <laughs> it was a good event, but uh, yeah. Well, we'll make sure that we tag you. We'll have all this, inf- all of your social media and and the website in the show notes um, below, folks. So if you're listening, click on those, and it'll take you right to his social media pages as well as his uh, his website. Doc, before we let you go, any closing words? Man, I just, you know, one of my callings now, I think, is to help undivide the world. And um, we all bleed the same. We're all human, male, female, whatever, we're all human. doesn't matter what, you know. Um, So just, I mean, take time and try and find coincidences, luck, rare events, and and see if those aren't miracles in your life. That gives you a chance to know that God's still there with you. Oh, that is great. Doc, thank you very much for spending the day with us. Hey, no, thank you, Adam. Privileged. Folks, again, make sure you check it out. Dr. Craig Thayer, we're going to have his information in the show notes below. But before we let you go, make sure you go check out our parent network, Heroes Media Group. Check out all the shows, uh, new content that's going up over there. If you're a podcaster or an author, you have a podcast, you're looking for a new directory, give us a shout. If you're an author and you want an audio book, reach out. uh, You can email info at heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.